0: For over 20 years, I've dedicated my life to bringing you the very best selling, marketing, and business building strategies to keep your business thriving. Get ready to experience the success you've been searching for. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show, episode 113. Today, we've got Tim Smith of the Smith Group, Newport Beach, California. In 2015, the number 17 team In the world, per the Wall Street Journal, with $426 million in volume. And of course, we'll know TikTok, TikTok pretty soon. What's going to happen from 2016 numbers in terms of where you're going to be? Uh, but first of all, Tim, say hi to everybody on the Tom Ferry Show. Hi. Right? You've probably seen Tim from the interview he did with Bill Pipes on our Real Success series. Today, we were just in the office doing one of our coaching sessions. We want to talk to you today about Building a high performance sales team, which you have certainly done. So, maybe first of all, just share with the group how long you've been selling real estate. And for you, what's the advantage of having a team? Like, why does Tim have a
1: team? First of all, he told me this. With I
0: know, <laughs> I know, I know. This is kind of funny. We could have been talking fashion. I'm just going to throw my jacket off. It's totally hysterical. No editing. Let's go. All right. So, Tim. So,
1: I guess I would answer uh, got into real estate because. Basically, with the gifts I was given, mm-hmm. this was the opportunity I saw that I could utilize my skill set to do the best for me, yes, and I felt at a young age, I had that understanding where I've watched a lot of people jump here and there, and now I've been in the same industry really twenty years i'm forty two so but building a team, I would say I first started building a team just because I kind of wanted to have an entourage people to do it with, yes, but in my past experience, I had some training and sales training so Part of my objective is not only creating the highest net proceeds for a seller, doing it as quickly as possible, but helping other people in my group be successful at doing that too. So having the model and being able to kind of trend it down to our team.
0: So, so you know, if, we were, if I was talking to a tech startup, they would say you're building a repeatable, scalable business, and it's kind of impossible to do that as a solo agent. Agree or disagree? Totally agree. So, early on you understood this. You were talking for a minute there as you got started about your DNA. Like, your, right. like some people just don't know, Tim, that they're better off on a team. Like, they, they just don't know that intuition about themselves. How did you know that?
1: I just I don't know it was just innate and I look at it maybe it's because of our coaching in 2008 mm-hmm. but just innately I wanted to grow a team and it seems like it's been ahead of the curve oh. and as everybody's mm-hmm. now building teams we're really focusing on the blocking and tackling mm-hmm. really how to get better results where people are just starting to create their teams yes. I mean the the statistic I loved last year uh it you know I guess it was a Wall Street Journal said, teams grew by 42%, Yes, individuals shrunk by 17%.
0: So we actually talked about this on the Tom Ferry Show before. Remember, um, Real Trends, Steve Murray, who publishes the the annual Top 1000 Agents, he did a five-year research piece, and the teams grew on average by 42%, and the solo agents, their income and volume dropped by 17%, and what do we know? Teams are scalable. Indiv- even when you're, you're looking at your own individual performance, it's hard to maintain that performance every single year unless you have a team.
1: Right, and it's so, just you're limited the time, but what's interesting about the teams now mm-hmm. versus 2008 when we started is, it's like impossible as an individual to compete with the big teams. I agree. It's like yep. becoming more and more and more impossible. Yes. And it's, so it's like, and you can just see it as you go through our marketplace, mm-hmm. Orange County Coastal, the neighborhood specialists of 10 years ago, half of them aren't even in the business anymore. Yes. And then these teams that nobody heard of are <laughs> everywhere. Yes. So it's yes. like, and it really goes back to if you treat this like a business, it'll pay you like a business and it will perform like a business. Yes. And so it's the solar solo artist, real estate agent they're just becoming less relevant where the real estate agent team leader that are really entrepreneurial have a business side of it have a board of directors that are helping them make decisions and really to create a unique selling proposal for their team and for everybody in there that's the future yes
0: so so you guys know this because we've been in this conversation a lot and certainly if you've been following me for the last decade and a half you know 3 years ago I came out and said the seven trends teams are going to take over the world and that's clearly happened um, stefan swampolo who i talked to recently does the annual you know top 200 most influential people his last trends report the number one trend out of everything happening in real estate is teams so one thing everybody's thinking though, because about because
1: i'm sure everybody is listening saying well i'm going to just go start a team
0: okay we're going to get it, we're going to get into some fundamentals so but yeah, so go there i would yes.
1: say that Now with the teams as they're growing, the team leader is not always the one that's going to be most successful and sell the most real estate and even make the most money. Yes. It's like the fundamental pieces that support the agents are what creates the real brand and the real unique selling proposal within the team. Yep. And so you don't have to be a team leader. But I think every understanding like the team concept and that, you know, there's synergy. One plus one isn't two. It's Mm -hmm. three or four. Yes you can actually benefit whether you're a team leader or whether you're joining a team, but you just need to understand what your inventory is to create the best situation for you.
0: 100%. Very important distinction here, guys. Not everybody is is built with the makeup to be number one. right? Tim is very comfortable with the risk, with the the hours that you you made a comment to me earlier. I'm like, what's it like having a team? And he's like, 20 extra problems every day for half the pay, right? Right. I mean, it's a classic line. But there's only a certain DNA that is made up for that. It's okay to be looking at this
1: today. And this is off yeah. because I think it's important. When we went to Australia and spoke, uh, Trump was the final speaker uh, via video conference, but he wasn't totally relevant, in my opinion, to the real estate agents, but he said something that I'll never forget, and I think about it all the time. At the end of his kind of speech, he said, One thing that he thinks is the most important attribute for any entrepreneur Mm -hmm. or business owner, Mm -hmm. which we are all business owners, is one's ability to handle pressure. Yes. And so it's like there's a million things every night that keep me up, that get me up at 3 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so one's ability to handle pressure is really the key to being the entrepreneur. And the better you are, the more capacity you have. And this starts with what we're going into, hiring your first assistant, hiring your first marketing director, whatever it is.
0: So let's talk about that. I want you to look right at the camera. There is, let's let's assume that, you know, 10,000 people watch this right away and a That's third it. of them. I know. I'm working. on my channel. <laughs> 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 yeah, Not that we're competitive. Um, so, so a third of them are going to be, let's call them, under five years in the business, right? A third of them are going to be that group that maybe they've hired an assistant in the past and something went wrong. And a third of them are the teams, our friends, the people we know in our ecosystem that are like, oh yeah, okay, let's go to 20 people. Speak to the group that is, that is, that the first two thirds never hired an assistant or hired an assistant and had a bad experience. What would you recommend today?
1: So the, I think the first thing in anything mm-hmm. is each individual agent needs to understand their unique selling proposal. Yep. And you need to sharpen your skill set. One of the mistakes I see people making constantly yes. is they don't do any business, but then they want to grow a team. Yes, I'm like, how is this going to work? You're going to split yeah. up nothing five ways instead of one yeah. way? So it's like, understand your uni- unique selling proposal. And that's key, because whatever you're doing business-wise, it needs to be duplicatable, and you need to track... And measure your results. So if you're a sphere of influence guy, figure out how you can get 12 transactions. I would say just if we were giving, I don't know, little benchmarks, Mm -hmm. I would say that once you're doing one transaction a month, Mm -hmm. and you can do that consistently. Repeatable and scalable. You need an effective assistance. Yeah.
0: You've heard me talk about the illegitimate team, right? As the first team model. The illegitimate team is, you know, five, I, I show a visual of clowns, and I say no operator, no assistant, no team. You right. just got you just got five people running around with a chicken with their head cut
1: off. And if you're on a team, yep. same thing. If you're doing a dozen transactions a year, which it's consistent business, yes. you need to hire an assistant. And this is one of those things where I'm going to say you got to take risk or you're never going to get to the next level. Yes. And in any business and anything you do if we're not constantly pushing, and walking out to the edge of the light and stepping into the shadows where we're afraid we're not growing. And I have team members on my team that are really concerned whether or not they can afford a full-time assistant. But once you hire a full-time assistant, when you really start paying them, then you start understanding that you have to give them a checklist of stuff to do, which is taking the stuff that you shouldn't be doing off your
0: plates. 100%.
1: And so then you free yourself up. The opportunity cost you find very quickly you can't afford not to work with that
0: assistant. 100%. And listen, guys, the, the future, and we're in this dialogue right now, is you build your team, a 20-person sales team, a six-person support team, a full-time sales manager helping run the group, but we've got people on this team now that have their teams. And now we're looking at having that little mini group have their own assistant, their own telemarketer, ISA, OSA, And it's just because of the repeatable and duplicatable way you can grow a business, pulling everything else off other than go on appointments, meet with clients,
1: win. There's just a lot of things that we do every day. If everybody looked at their schedule today and went through their to-do list, I have mine right here. I'm relentless about every day. If you went through there and you looked at all the stuff on your list and if I said to you, what's an A priority? A being this is going to pay you, I think I could get everybody's to-do list down here to less than five things. Yes, And so that's really the key. If it doesn't pay you, Mm -hmm. specifically have somebody else do it. Now, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you let things go and become flippant in your business. Mm -hmm. But somebody that's a good administrator that's in the office Mm -hmm. 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. that doesn't leave the office can be a lot more thorough than you running five appointments, requests for repairs, all this stuff. So they're there to handle it. So that communication is important. Morning meetings, end of the day meetings getting everything off the list, delegated appropriately.
0: So check, we have the, I go back to 2008 Emily, right? Yep. Right, and then the next person they look to hire is they want to leverage themselves with more salespeople. So I'm, I'm doing the transactions, yep. right? I'm busting at the seams. I, we all only have seven days a week, 24 hours in a day. Yep. I'm waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, sending emails to my assistant, did we follow up on this? But, but now all of a sudden I have another problem. I have more leads, more opportunity, and I'm running out of time. When do they hire that first salesperson?
1: So, again, this is tricky to know Mm -hmm. exactly what your organization, because every marketplace is different. Some are higher price, some are lower price, more transactions. I would say not in this order. The first is an assistant, full-time assistant. And I don't like my assistant leaving the office. Mm -hmm. So I think that's key because a lot of people have these hybrids where they're all of a sudden your assistant's too busy to assist you. Yes. So I would say Getting a, a full-time assistant that's at the office, hire for the job, not for the person. Yep. We've talked about that for years. The biggest problem I think most agents have is they can't identify what the job description is. It's yes. really not that hard. You've got let's formats make sure, for that. Let's
0: make sure we link up all of the job descriptions, the mind map, and everything an assistant can do for them, and compensation, and let's do the same thing for sales.
1: So the other thing that I think would be really important is like your first agent. Yes. And so when hiring your first agent, for me, there's a couple of parameters. Number one, that we have the same values. Yep. The people that don't last in my organization are the ones that aren't, don't have the same values. Yeah. I don't know how to say I, it. Well,
0: you know, ethics, greedy whatever, yeah. ethics, Not a team don't player. want to play in the same sandbox the way we do it here right. on the Smith Group. Right? Right?
1: Second second thing mm-hmm. for an agent is somebody that actually has the skill set to manage expectations of sellers and buyers. Yes. And that's the key. The third thing is that they're willing mm-hmm. to track and measure and be accountable. Yes. And that's really it. And with that, I would say something I really strive for, and I heard Peter Ubroth, great guy, talk about this. You want somebody that's had some taken responsibility of some sort of business because really solving problems efficiently, quickly can expedite it is really the key to our business, putting yes, out fires. 100%. And not and then, having to bring a million people in to just solve a yes. common sense problem.
0: And should there be a standard? There should like, be checklists
1: for absolute everything. Yes, yes. And that's what I'm realizing as our team grows and as we go through breakdown to mm-hmm. breakthrough. Yep. We've got a really great organization that we're doing now mm-hmm. where we have in separate groups based on how many transactions so we can train specifically to that and have checklists specifically to that. Yes. So zero to four transactions a year in one group, four to 12 in the second group, 12 and up in the third group. And it's a liquid. If you, if if this is a moving target. If you go down, you're going to go through the different organization down levels.
0: He is a part of a big brand. Working inside, you know, Realogy, coal banker, right? Huge brand, with this team inside the brand, and you're doing the same thing that every every manager watching this goes, oh, he's quartiling his sales team, right. and he's providing specific training and specific accountability for where they're at to level them up. It's brilliant, guys. Switch gears and talk about marketing. Marketing director specifically, having somebody. Because you and I both know a whole bunch of people that are watching this. They have five salespeople on their team. They've got an assistant. They've got a showing agent. They've got a telemarketer. But they're still creating the postcards. Like, they like doing that. So
1: marketing for me is like one of those things where I actually believe that the majority of our sellers are convinced or converted based on what we do uniquely within the marketing platform. Say that again to them. So I actually am convinced and know that my sellers are converted mm-hmm. because of how we market their property. And there's two parts of this, and this is gonna be the challenging thing. If you don't have a marketing manager or director, there's two parts. First is creating relevant, quick content, right? And collateral. Yep. And the second part is the outreach. How yes. do you get it out there? And we've been talking about that. And so if you don't have that figured out, I'm going to tell you, you're going to come up against the wall where you're going to lose relevancy because right now it's all about what our unique selling proposal is to our sellers. Yes. And we all know in real estate, if it's, you know, 90% of the homes sell because the MLS mm-hmm. price, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it today, yeah. price has to be compelling. If yeah. it's not compelling, if it's It's not, not compelling,
0: not it's not selling. Right. 100%. So, so. Speak to the person that has a team, and, and I know for maybe some of you right now, we might even have people that are watching this that are thinking about going into real estate. And and what a gift, like Jeremy Cady, who we met three years ago, who came to the summit as a brand new agent, and first year did like 60 deals, next year did 80 deals, now he has two locations and he'll do 150 transactions, third year in the business. Amazing. He was exposed to this stuff day one. So. Right. That person's now going, assistant, sales team, scaling, repeatable, duplicatable, knowing my unique selling proposition, now I've got to hire a marketing director.
1: Well, it's funny that you're saying that because we're trying to build a team where we can sell 2.2 billion, Yeah. and so we started out a little opposite. How do we, what sort of team would we need as far as support to get there? Yes. And so it's the same for everybody. It's like, Mm -hmm. where do you want to be sales volume And commission what you're making. And to do that, how many transactions do you need to do? And so if you need to know how many transactions, you need to know your specific numbers. How many listing appointments do I need to go on? How many listings taken? How many listings sold? So you should know about all those numbers. And then you can reverse engineer the team. And that scares the shit out of me. Because to get to (laughs) $2.2 we have... It's just math. It's math, but it's like chaos because it's just this big organization, so that's what keeps me up at night.
0: So we're not trying to do that on Tuesday. We're in the process of a three-year journey to get there. But it's simple enough
1: where if you just built the team, it's like if you build it, they will come. It's like when the... Student is ready. The teacher appears. And I see this like breakthroughs in my team. I see all of a sudden people just get it. And then all of a sudden they're doing, you know, it's really a simple business and it's all about appointments and contracts. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's like that's our blocking and tackling. If you're Mm -hmm. not good at doing that stuff, find a different career. Yeah. Because that's what this is about. If you can do it well, start coaching other people, build your organization. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yes. it.
0: Yeah. So what about the person that's watching this that has no interest in leading, doesn't want the 20 problems for half the pay. They already have 20 problems and they're not making the money that they want. You know, do do we say to those people, so "Look me. at Teams, call me.
1: They <laughs> come join my team because right now part of our breakdown to breakthrough is how do I get out of selling over 50% of what my team does? Yep. And how do I provide really like the tools for mm-hmm. my team? To crush it where yeah. they don't have to go out there yes. and compete against me. And what's interesting is we've gotten some now, just from like the leading part of this, we have two things just recently that I know are game changers. And my big fear is when they work, how are we gonna handle all the leads? Yes. Like, how are my agents going to be not at capacity because they're so busy? How do they have the structure and the support so when they start getting three to five new seller leads a month? It doesn't slow them down and they have their great results.
0: I'm so proud of you. I mean, from 2008 at that little Costa Mesa seminar, the man you become, the leader you become, the business person, it was always in you. Yeah, this is sorry. You guys are like digging this, but this, I'm just telling you, it was always in you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What do you want to say to them in closing? Because you you talked, you you gave a lot of insight here, and we're gonna link up a bunch of stuff for them to review and look at, and you know, how to organize it, and your first assistant, yada, yada. If you could say something to the entire industry around the world, because people from Australia are watching this, Munich, Germany, Israel, everywhere. What
1: advice would you share? So I just thought of something that kind of gave me the chills, and this goes back 20 years. You need to set up experiences in your business, in your life, that will cause you to stretch. And if you're not, you're just not staying relevant. And like at night, there's things that like keep me up that I want to shy away from. And I know everybody has those things where they find discomfort. Mm -hmm. The Jill say eating the frog, I say eating the pickles. It's like face that, embrace it, and do a great job stepping out into that shadow. Because everybody needs to do that. And as you do that, you step out into the shadow, you realize the light will come out, and then you have to make another step. And that's what really this business is about in my opinion, is when you grow it. But at the end of the day, I just love selling real estate. I love the deals, and my biggest challenge, we go through it all the time, do I play or do I coach? And I go back and forth, because there's some team leaders Mm -hmm. that don't even Mm -hmm. sell anymore, I just love to sell. I love the challenge, I love the emotion. When I was in commercial, it was just so about the numbers, but in residential, it's about this emotional factor that you can quantify and do better, so I just love the business, and I love my team. Like I've been with these team members, a lot of them for now seven, eight years, and part of the thing that really I challenge myself is how can I help my individual agents get yeah. what they want? Bingo. And create the businesses that they want because there's, it's deeply fulfilling for me.
0: 100%. So you've heard me talk about Peter Drucker. He says it's simple. All business is innovation and marketing, and I think you summarized it beautifully when you said it's stepping into the shadow. That's innovation. I'm trying new things, I'm doing something different. So, so maybe just for you watching this right now, whether you're in that top one third and you know, you've been in our ecosystem forever and you've had a team for a while, you got some insights certainly on how he's leading, how he's thinking, how we're driving. For that middle group that maybe has hired that person and it didn't work out the first time, step back into the shadow. Do the knowing what I know now. How will I do it differently? How will I do it better? I loved your idea of the list and prioritizing five things, no more, that are really gonna make you money and everything else we know can be done by somebody else, probably better, faster, and more efficiently and better for the client. And if you're watching this and you're newer, you're five years or less in the business, you're one day in real estate, don't wait. Start now. Don't don't wait and develop three, four, five years of bad habits and then say, okay, now, I'm gonna start a team under all this dysfunction and chaos. Do it immediately. Have a conversation with your broker manager, I'm gonna say to you first too, have a conversation with your broker manager about doing it right, right from the beginning.
1: And one thing that I'm just reminding, and that's something I've always done, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I forget to tell the troops that, always have your scorecard. Your scorecard should be a list of your top priority people when they're gonna buy or sell, and what it's gonna make you, because that's the ultimate, like, sunlight's the ultimate disinfectant. This is what you're gonna make. Focus on that, everything else can happen. But have a scorecard, know your scoreboard, always. Love it,
0: love it. All right, guys, so episode 113 in the can. Tim, thank you again, super proud of you. Can't wait to see the numbers come out for 2016. We already know what you did. We know it's gonna be another monster year. So listen, my friends. Your strategy matters. Your leadership and your ability to think and grow people and get into the shadow, that's what rules. Hey, thanks so much for watching. We have a number of events coming up and we'd love to have you there. Visit TomFerry.com forward slash events and reserve your spot today.